When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That lively song and dance routine is from a show called Snap, which Team Theatre Company toured around secondary schools earlier this year. The show dealt with attitudes towards mental illness and was typical of the kind of issues explored through drama by this dynamic educational theatre company. This is Team's tenth year on the road, bringing theatre to primary and secondary schools from Dublin to Donegal, a modern version of the fit-up companies of old. Another play they toured this year was Gatherers, specially written for Team by Frank McGuinness. This was a complex and highly original piece which focused on two groups of people gathered on two important occasions that were to become milestones in modern Irish history, the Eucharistic Congress in 1932 and the Papal Visit in 1979. The van is packed, Team is on the road and the first stop is a vocational school in County Monaghan where the students are transported back to a day in 1932 in the Phoenix Park. Madam, can I assist you? I was wondering if this might be the quickest way to the Phoenix Park. To the best of my knowledge, it's the only way. Oh, right. Thanks. The world and his wife are on the move today. I was going to get a tram here. I mean, I'm a sorry woman, didn't, for I said, why spend money on a tram ticket? Can't be that far away. And seeing God's good day that's in it, I plumped for Shanks Mayor. But the feet's walked off me since the train station. I booked a very nice little boarding house beside it. You were a lucky woman to get anything. How do you mean lucky? I booked in advance. I come prepared. Wise woman, I never saw the town as packed. Mm. Crowds from all over the world. I saw blackies on O'Connell Street. Foreign missions converts. They say they make the best of Catholics. Blacks. Get away. I never thought the town could hold that many. Isn't it looking beautiful? Flowers everywhere. Even up the pillar. Moor Street like a paradise. Every place lit up by night. It's all right. Well, here in Carrick Macross Vocational School, I'm talking to two of the students who've just seen Frank McGuinness's play, Gatherers. Sharon, what's the play all about? 
It's about two different parts of Ireland, in 1932 and in 1979. And in 1932, it's about the Eucharistic Congress, and it's about these five people who are at it, and the five people are in the Phoenix Park, and there was different problems, and it's about their attitude towards religion. And in 1979, it's Pope's visit to Ireland, and it shows these other five people, and these five people are related to the five people who were there in 1932. They're either sons or daughters of the people. There are different attitudes toward in 1932 and 1979. Different attitudes that people had long ago towards religion and towards life itself. And um, it showed us why um, people did emigrate back in 1932. Um, did no jobs, no money, no nothing. And in 1979 it was different. They were walking around. Did didn't toward, act towards religion as much as did in 1932. It was just completely different. So it was the whole lifespan had changed completely. So it did. Is there anything that opened your eyes in it, Nolan? Yeah, I think um, when you when you have your grandparents now, you look at them at the age they are, and you can never really think when they were young what they were doing. And actually, they could have were at maybe the Congress in Dublin, and um, it makes you think what they what they were like when they're young, and not just regard them as old parents now. And they had no thoughts then. You see, I think it's good in that way. And what about um, the way it would make you look at, say, the Catholic Church today? as opposed to what it was in 1932? Well, I think 1932 is more restricted. Um, today, like, it's more open-minded. There's different views on it. The priests are more different. People are different. Like, in, back there, they're sort of drilled into you. This was right and this was wrong. Whereas now, you have different points of view on it. You can be open-minded, uh, whether you think it's right or whether you think it's wrong. Like, it isn't drilled on you this, this year. Tell me... You look like the kind of a woman who'd know a bargain if she saw it. That's not the only thing I know when I see it. Wait there. What you're about to see now has been blessed in every shrine, holy well and mission in this country. There are more places of devotion to our Lord and his blessed mother in this country than in any other. As God is my witness, I have travelled through them all. And these have travelled with me. Oh, you are the lucky woman today, for I'm getting rid of the lot, lock, stock and barrel. Oh, my. You must be in a bad way. Honest to God, the mass in English ruined me. I never recovered from it. When it was in Latin, people were always far more holy. They filled their houses with holy pictures, stations in all the country houses, missions in every town in Ireland, solemn novenas in every diocese. Oh, the crowds flocked to them. Even the men bought something. Yeah, but the ladies were always far more holy when it came to blessed objects. That's the line I travelled in. Oh, yeah. A nice line with the ladies, oh, huh? Oh, lovely wee stall moving across the country. I had my own van and all. Now do you see where all this modern thinking on the mass has brought me? I'm working at this moment to get the van back. If this Pope had come here years ago when the people still had the Latin, I would have been set for life. Sharon, um, you've seen plays done before outside of school. Uh, what do you think the advantage of a theatre group coming into school is? Well, um, in the theatre group, you're all in a group there in the hall with them, and the atmosphere is different. You're more involved with the play itself. You think it was real. Uh, where today is, was, it was really real. Like, you, weren't, you wouldn't keep taking mind off it. Your mind was concentrated on it the whole time. The atmosphere was good, as if it was me taking there that place. Whereas if you go to a play, you're up in a balcony in a theatre and there's ones around you talking, not concentrating, you can't hear it, it's different. Just the atmosphere is just different. Nolan, what did you think of the performances and the production today in school? I thought the performance was very enjoyable and I thought it brought it home that it, it was, it make you think about life in itself. 
where you could misunderstand people, especially when the American woman um, asked the, the sergeant, um, he was comparing about a, a part of Ireland, and she thought he was kind of mad. She thought, who is this crack man, you know? And I thought, like, you can judge people very quickly before you know them, and just different aspects in life. Were there any things in the play, Sharon, that made you think? Yeah, where um, John was one who was going mad, and everybody, as Nolan said, was laughing at him. And he sort of sat down in the play, and he turns to his sister Bill, why are they all laughing at me? And that talked back to me is where you do see retarded people around, and if they do act stupid, it shows you that you did really laugh at them. And I really felt awful laughing. Like, it did show me that I did laugh at people around. Do you think that plays and performances by theatre groups should be used more in school? I think so, because uh, they're very enjoyable. When you, you, don't, when you go into a show uh, in a, uh, a theatre, um, you roughly know what you're going to, but when it's coming to a school, you're more near the, the people, the actors that are doing it, and they're kind of there among you doing their part, and you feel like you're a part of it yourself, you're living it along with the actors playing the part. Martin Drury is a former director of Team Theatre. He prefers to think of theatre as education, a vital part of any school curriculum. I think one of the the, uh, things that I've always had difficulty with in some ways, because I feel it has been misunderstood, is the notion of theatre in education. Because in a way I feel that that emphasises a peripheral relationship, like in the way that do you take milk in your tea or do you take sugar in your tea, as if one could have theatre in education almost as an option And I think what TEAM has achieved, most of all, with the schools it has toured, is a feeling that this is no longer an option. So I've moved in my own mind to a notion, I think, of theatre as education, which seems to me to be much more a close relationship, expressing the fact that theatre can be a form of education as valuable as formal schooling. And I know in the time that I was working with TEAM, the the major thrust with the actor-teachers and with the writers was to try with each piece of work to make it uh, so strong, so forceful, that it had the force of, if you like, inevitability, rather than being something which you could sort of take uh, take up and leave down. And I think in addition to each individual piece working on that basis, we also tried to structure the company in that way, in the going back, you know, sometimes twice a year, in the fact that we changed our policy from just concentrating on performance to one of serving the school for the day, where in fact, in addition to the performance, there was a considerable amount of time invested in workshops where we worked with the students in the supplying of educational materials and a whole effort to try and understand the needs of the school, which I think is so often the case when arts events go into the school, they only understand their own needs, but we tried to sort of look from the point of view of the the community we were serving. Involvement of the students has always been an important part of a team theatre production. Whether in Holy Faith Convent in the Coombe in Dublin or in Sligo Vocational School, students are never mere passive observers. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. And now, continuing our audience participation spot, we're going to play a little game called Spot the Joke. (laughs) We're going to tell you three hilarious jokes. And if you believe that, you believe anything. (laughs) Okay, and we want you to spot who is telling each one. That's a little bit easy. So in order to make it a bit more difficult for you, we are going to blindfold you. 
All right, bring on the blindfolds, boys. We would like you to put them on as fast and Sort as if um, you're brought when they start playing the tables. If you're a, a helpless person, being brought into like the mental hospital, and you're helpless, and everyone's giving you orders, and they start playing the tape, get up, sit down, and all this yeah, crap. Yeah. And you kind that was what it was meant to do, was it? Make you think that a you know um, a mental patient coming in and helpless sort. At the beginning, I was I got very frightened to like. The whole ward's being blocked out on you. You're completely isolated. There's no one, all your friends were moved from you. When you start talking to people that you recognise beside you, they were moved again. It made you sort of feel, if this is what it's like to be alone, I wouldn't like it at all. So you sort of think of the people who are in the mental home and coming out to the ward and everyone's against them, sort of faced with real life itself and all the problems yourself. And it's an awful lot of Boarding to carry, you know, all the problems yourself. Yeah, at one stage I was there as well. If I took them off, could I get up and could I, would I be able to walk out? I just told me, would I be able to walk out, you know? And I said to myself, no, because there's so many people there and maybe, you know, it wouldn't be right. And I felt, you know, at one stage it was very tense, not tense, but really, you know, the noise level started to rise mm -hmm. and get knocked yes. off yeah. and And just everything was sort of, you know, like you wouldn't think it would happen to you, but I was really uh, tensed up, you know, wondering what you know, trying to escape from it. But I never took off the blinds. <laughs> <laughs> Anne Britton, you're a teacher here in Holy Faith Convent in the Coombe. What did you think of this morning's performance from team? I thought it was a fascinating mixture. I thought the first half of the show um, showed various, if you like, facets of our, of our attitude in society towards anybody that's a bit peculiar, so-called crazy or mad. And then I think we were beginning to kind of relax and be comfortable in this, that this was all happening to other people. Because it occurred to me that I remembered just at this stage that one of the, the group's members had said to us, now try to see this show as it's happening to you. And I think we were getting away from that. when We were shock brought back into that with the second exercise, the blindfolding. I personally found that uh, very deep and I found it a bit disturbing as well. I found the continuous noise and the battering of voices on tape and the various views. I found it very, very effective. If, if they wanted me to understand what it feels like, to be, if you like, shut off from people mentally. I, it did come true for me. They have a particular way, I think, of using all forms of entertainment, using slapstick, farce, mime, as well as, if you like, just verbal theatre. I think that is a unique mixture. And it has, I think, endeared them to a lot of kids because of that. And yet, God knows how much it has really sparked off in the minds of, of young people. Maybe years later, I feel in some ways it's a pity that um, it isn't an ongoing thing. That team, I would love team to come in every term to every class. It should be part of almost their schooling, I think. Ronan Smith, you're Artistic Director of Team Theatre. Now, Team has been on the road for 10 years. Where does it stand now? In terms of personnel, the company has evolved to, uh, very recently, a very happy stage of having a core company of four permanent actor-teachers with the company. Uh, this enables an expertise to be developed, where in the previous situation, actors who were simply brought in for one show might not then be available for the next show, could not keep themselves available and had to seek other work. We're now able to uh, develop a continuity uh, with our actors 
which uh, will enable their expertise to be developed and will also help to develop relationships with the students in the schools that we tour to. Um, apart from the four core company actors, we occasionally have to uh, employ uh, an additional actor if required for a particular production. Um, in terms of backup, there would then be uh, myself as artistic director, there would be Vincent Dempsey, who is our tour manager, production manager, and workshop director, and we also have Tim O'Neill as producer, who would be responsible for the administration of the company, and who in fact is the longest serving uh, member of the company, having been with the company for six years, and having played a very important role in the evolution of the company. In terms of the touring area that's covered by the company, uh, we have made it a policy to restrict the area to allow us to provide a realistic service. If we were to stretch the resources of the company to tour the entire country, we felt that we would be giving a poor service and we have preferred to try and concentrate on an area which is still too large for a theatre and education company, but which does at least enable us to develop some form of relationship with the schools we tour to. Our area would be geographically, uh, it would uh, geographically comprise nine counties. Uh, we tour uh, Dublin and do schools in Dublin City and Dublin County. We also tour uh, Westmeath, Roscommon, Monaghan, Cavan, Sligo, Donegal, and Leitrim. Um, in those counties, we have uh, a, as it were, panel of schools, a number of schools in each county that we try to visit on each tour. Uh, so that, as I say, this very important feature of developing a continuity and a relationship with the students can, in fact, be, uh, be provided. Vincent Dempsey, you've been very involved in the workshop aspect of team in schools. How important do you think that is? Uh, I think, I think the, the, the fundamental thing we're trying to do with workshop is to actually improve the sort of quality of contact we have with the students so that we are seen not just as a group that comes in doing a job to throw on a piece of entertainment for them and then going away. Um, one, of the one of the students in this particular show, uh, I was asking how they saw us. And she said, um, well, we, when you came in first, we, we sort of thought, all right, actors, and they're going to put on a play. And then they'll go home. And uh, after the workshop, she was, she was saying, she said, that's how we looked at you coming in. But actually, you're sitting down talking to us. Uh, you're being like us and we're, we're talking to you as people, so to speak, rather than as reacting to actors putting on a show. So I think that's terribly important, the sort of quality of contact we have with the students. Um, beyond that, the, the workshop is also aimed at improving the sort of the interaction between the, the, the students and the piece we're putting on. And this again has to be seen in the context of, of of theatre and education as such, that we're not just putting on a play. Um, we're hoping to go into the, into the school, into the students, and through the performance and through the follow-up work, to, stim to stimulate their own thinking process, to come to their own conclusions about whatever the subject matter is. Uh, we are this year um, in a very fortunate position of having writers in residence. Uh, this scheme has been, in this initial year, funded by the Kaluste Gulbenkian Foundation. 
and they have provided us with a grant which enables us to employ a playwright to work with the company to devise the play with the actors who will be performing in the play and also equally importantly uh, with people who have on the road experience of what will work in a, a school that, uh, that we will be bringing the play to and this is very helpful for the playwright because it provides him with uh, all the information he needs to write a piece very carefully honed for the purposes uh, for which we require it. Apart from the Gulbenkian Foundation's money for writer-in-residence, how else is the company funded? The major funding would be uh, from an annual grant from the Arts Council of Ireland. Uh, we have also funding from commercial sponsors, um, the ESB, Allied Irish Banks and a variety of other sponsors provide us with annual grants each year, the cumulative total uh, of which, with the Arts Council grant, allows us to provide the service we're presently providing. Team Theatre has clocked up thousands of miles and played over 20 different shows across the country in its 10 years on the road. Joe Dowling, former Artistic Director of the Abbey Theatre, explains how Team grew out of the Young Abbey in the early 70s and then moved out from under that protective wing to find its own identity. I think it was the best thing ever happened in terms of theatre and education, that it did move outside the institution of a national theatre, because though a national theatre has many, many virtues and many possibilities within it um, and opportunities, um, sort of guerrilla wings like Team or like the Young Abbey really um, have to fight for survival. Um, and to see the way in which in ten years the growth of that uh, original idea from a group of actors, as we were at the time, um, wishing to communicate more closely with the community in some way other than the plays that we were being cast in. Um, to see that growing into what is now, in my view, um, an extraordinarily valuable national movement which combines both theatre and, the, and education in, 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 in equal part and which seems to me to have also um, uh, taken on almost a kind of a, uh, a, a unique role in their relationship with writers. I mean, how many other theatre companies of a similar nature um, actually have had the kind of writers. I mean, you're talking about major people here, like Bernard Farrell, whose um, work is being presented at the National Theatre all the time. Frank McGuinness, who, with his recent plays, is, is quite clearly um, the man of the future and one of the men of, that, that, that people will talk about for generations. Um, and you're talking about these people being part um, of this particular organisation. And, of course, th th that, is a, that is a unique thing in theatre, um, the Abbey and Peacock, with their various kind of structures, can afford to to promote new writing and can and can work with it. A small group like Team to have committed themselves to that sort of, of future um, seems to me to have been extraordinarily brave. Frank McGuinness, how important was writing Borderlands and working with Team Theatre for you? Well, personally, Borderlands was important in that it was the first time I decided to tackle the subject of Derry, the town that's. 14 miles away across the border from my home in Bunkran and Donegal. And working with team, I think, was a revelation in one way, and that's I had to write this for a very specific age group, but an age group that was spread through the whole country. I was very much aware of working on material that came from a particular place, or the people came from a particular place, and that um, they were travelling, these characters, from Derry to Dublin, pushing a wheelbarrow. And I, I think I did subconsciously hit on 
something the team do as well, which is that they travel. Um, unfortunately, they don't travel across the border, but they do travel across the borders of the counties and across the borders of the provinces. So we seem to have had on a correspondence there that I thought was rich. An awareness of the theatre, an awareness of what happens in the theatre, an awareness of drama is a fundamental method of knowledge and a useful method of knowledge because it opens our eyes as much as opens our ears and opens our minds. And what we learn depends largely on what we see. One of the major disadvantages in teaching literature and teaching the spoken word, which I do, is um, the incapacity of students to draw on a visual um, heritage. The theatre is a way of instructing people, not merely in their verbal heritage, but in their visual heritage. And I would say that if the Department of Education were to revise seriously its list of priorities, Team Theatre Company should be very high on that list for consideration of funding, very high. So in other words, I think it is a necessity for the Department of Education and for the government itself to look at its attitude to team and to give it money because it will be extraordinarily well spent. Team are the most important theatre company in the country because they're playing to the most important audience, which is the future. No, I correct myself, which is the present generation. Monaghan and I'm talking to the fourth and fifth class and Roisin you saw two houses a few weeks ago what was it all about? Well <clears throat> it was in the 1800s and the fam famine was on and all the people they were tenants and had to pay the bailiff for their houses because they didn't really own their houses and land they had to pay the bailiff for them and all the money went to the big house where Vanessa was in and um, there was this family, uh, the father's name was Alan and the children were uh, Sean and Bridget and I don't know the mother's name and um, they, they did crops and they were going good but then the crops started to turn bad and they had no money to pay the bailiff and the bailiff was coming round and he was getting impatient and then <coughs> they, they couldn't pay him so he got these big tree trunks <laughs> And he, he said to the men, heave, ho, push, and they pushed the walls down. See, the walls weren't made of bricks or anything, they were made of uh, bales again, or something like that. And um, they started to try to not let the walls fall down, but the walls fell, and then they did no home, and did to go on. 
Marcus, is, was it a good way to learn about the past in watching yeah. two houses? Why? Because um, you learn a lot of things from, from watching it. Because if you were just seeing pictures of it, it wouldn't seem as real. And the people were really expressing what they felt, whereas in pictures you don't know what they felt like. Siobhan, um, what did you learn from two houses? Well, I learned the way they felt in them times, and if I, if I was there in them times, I knew how it would feel like with no food to eat and being thrown out of your house. And like the Miss Vanessa up in a big house, and she was there, lovely clothes on her, and everything. Me down here with a heap of rags on me. So it just felt like that. And my children dying, and I had nothing to eat, and couldn't pay rent or anything. They're very good. It makes a really picture what they're really doing. And two houses were really great. <coughs> and it was, it showed a picture in your history book you'd only read about, and you just get an idea what it's about. But it really showed how they lived in the 1800s. And um, I felt sorry for the people that were torn out their houses because they had not much money and they only could afford what they could buy and they only had, they only had potatoes there every day for their breakfast, their dinner and their tea and their supper. That's all they had. And, and um, the two wee children called, well, I think it was six children and four died. Some disease or died when they were born. And there was only little Bridget and Sean. And this man was Mr. Cosgrove. He was the man that collected the money, the, the rent. And Miss Vanessa was very kind to them because she'd give the children a party every so often, every year, in, in the summertime, like. And there'd be strawberries, ice cream, oh, everything, you name it, she had it. I didn't like Vanessa because when, when, the, when the bailiff was knocking down the tenant's house, she didn't let the hear the banging, so she closed the window and she could tell them to stop and let them stay in the house. But she didn't. That's why I don't let her in. <laughs> and I don't let the, the bailiff either because <laughs> I, thought, I thought the tenants should have been let stay in the house. And every time at the party, the children would sing this Irish song for Miss Vanessa. It's my long man, Vanessa. Mm -hmm. It's my long man, Sarah. It's my long man, Sarah. It's my long man, Sarah. For thy little thee. It's my long man, Sarah. It's my long man, Sarah. It's my long man, Sarah. For thy little thee. John McArdle, you've been working with theatre for the last five years. You wrote Jacko and Two Houses more recently. How did Two Houses um, begin? Yeah, well, two Houses began with, with uh, we tossed around so my team asked me to do uh, a play for them or, or um, a programme for them and uh, we tossed around a few ideas and uh, honestly I don't know where the, <coughs> where the idea for Two Houses emerged from. They gave me about four or five things which, you know, which they wanted to write. These are possibilities, you know, possible explorations and so on. And the way it worked was I came back to them with something, to Martin Drury with something, and then he came back to me and said, well, this might, might work on, 
you know. And uh, eventually it emerged that, you know, we, we, we went to Anna McCary with a kind of scenario, which I had done out as a result of discussions I had done about three different scenarios by that stage. And uh, we went to Anna McCary with the, with, with the scenario, with, you know, a fair idea that we were going to do something like this. But, you know, there were a lot of things which hadn't been settled. And I think that part of the function of theatre is to get at ideas which we can't grasp. Uh, and, and that the audience actually, you know, an, an audience is actually all the time straining toward the philosophy that the piece of theatre brings out. You know, I think that's the fun that's part of the function. And we applied this to the level, to, 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 the, to, the, to the children's level. In other words, they were grasping with ideas of rightness, of justice, of truth, you know, because they were actually being, being, being asked to believe something at the start and believe something else at the end, you know, and that was being questioned even, you know, because the bailiff turned around and said, I'm glad you agreed with me earlier on. And, 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 and most of them, some of the children actually said to me, I was mad when he said that, that I had agreed with him, you know, and that was a terrific insight for the children. So, you know, these ideas were, were, were being grappled with by the children, and the, you know, so, so that it was, if you like, the function of theatre being applied to, to, to a younger age group. This is Wolfman Moses rising from his bed of blood red roses here on Radioactive, calling all you wolves and she wolves. And be careful tonight, all you young lovers. Wolfman Moses sees everything. My eyes are burning red into the night, and my fangs are glistening white. So stay close together, young lovers, and speak gently to each other, because Wolfman Moses is on the midnight prowl. Now listen to this, all you who are deep in love. A love-struck Romeo Sing the streets of serenade Laying everybody low With a love song that he made Bernard Farrell, then Moses Met Marconi, which you wrote for Team, was a hilarious comedy that yet raised some fairly serious questions. Yes, um, I think, uh, like in um, a lot of my plays, I think that the vehicle was comedy to make um, comments on and to assess um, various um, social phenomena in our society today. And then, then Moses Met Marconi dealt with the pirate radio station and the men um, uh, behind the voices that you hear. I, I, I think it's... Um, it's deception in a lot of cases on a grand scale and that a certain voice comes across with a certain mid-Atlantic accent and says things with great authority and because it's said in a certain way and with this authority we're, in, we're inclined to accept it uh, as being absolute gospel and there is a gospel preached by, uh, to, to this. So, I, so in the play then Moses Met Marconi we actually went into the pirate radio station having heard in the early parts of the play the gospel being preached by these mid-Atlantic accents and we found these um, ragamuffin men who were behind the microphone giving this out and we looked at the um, insecurity of their own lives behind the type of image that they were giving out to the public. Who 
Julio Iglesias there, and now for me, Justin Day, a pause for the cause. Today, gang, is January the 21st, the feast of St. Agnes, Virgin and Martyr. Okay, you guys, don't knock it if you haven't tried it. It's a Justin Day feast day, and the time is precisely 6.27 and 35 seconds. Let's boogie down. When I wake up in the morning, love you're moving now into a very different area in writing for primary school children with your adaptation of a German play. That's right. You've called your adaptation One, Two, Three, O'Leary. That's right. What's that going to be about? Well, um, this um, looks at uh, young children in about the 8 to 12 age bracket. And I think it's very interesting. And the uh, rehearsals with the um, German director of this German play have been illuminating. What it really does is that it treats the 9 and 10, 11 year old children as adults and I think it's quite revolutionary in that, in, in that a lot of children's theatre, um, you know, adults look at children behaving in a certain way and they laugh at them and smile at them and think, oh, how naive and how gloriously funny they are. But in this uh, play, the, the, the whole um, uh, the theme of the of the play is that children are adults, and indeed the children in the audiences, um, hopefully, will be able to, in a very um, you know soft sort of a way, look at the adults and say, oh, how gloriously funny they are to think those things about us. So it really sort of turns that around and allows us to look at children as adults rather than us adults looking at children as children. I, I tend to say that an actor should uh, should talk or, or, or his attitude towards the play, towards the situation, towards the character should be as sincere and as serious as he was playing Hamlet or whatever. Because this, uh, uh, to be or not to be to Hamlet is the same problem that it is to a kid to, go, to have to go to bed. So that's the same problem. It has the same, the same weight and the same sincerity. And if the actor tries to imitate a, a five-year-old kid trying to go to bed or not going to bed, it's foolish. I mean, uh, that's imitation. But if he takes it as serious as he would take the, the uh, uh, to be or not to be monologue, then the kids can identify with him because it, they see that he takes it as serious as they do. And our experience in Grips is that after after the show, when we ask the kids uh, what was the age of the characters, they always say their own age. Eight years say he was eight, and five years old say he was five, and twelve years old say he was twelve. So they're not really seeing a character, but they are seeing the situation, and they, they, they identify with the character, so it's a kind of a projection. They project their own problem into the character. That's a beautiful experience. Wolfgang Kalnader from Grips Theatre in Berlin, who directed Bernard Farrell's play, One, Two, Three O'Leary, teams production for primary schools earlier this year. Dr John Coulihan of the Education Department in UCD looks back over ten years of team theatre and tries to assess their contribution to theatre and education. Team is now entering its tenth year. It has built up a great range of experiences, understandings, relationships with schools, teachers, built up an area of trust both on the, from the educational point of view and from the professional theatre point of view from the Arts Council and other support groups. One would hope it also perhaps has built trust with the Department of Education, but one would hope that the trust would be backed up by the resources that it now requires, because this is really a very opportune time for making a greater breakthrough. The experience is there, the times are ripe, 
the curricular reform movements are on, life inside the school is going to change, and as we move forward, the school itself in its interrelationships with the outside community is changing. And in team, we have a very rich resource for this new direction, a resource that works on the ground, that can help other teachers to see problems and new ways of introducing materials. And in many ways, it's a resource that can be further developed, expanded, so that not just a small number of schools can benefit from team, but the theatre and education can become a more normal and integral part of young people's experience going up to the education system. As such, their educational experience will be enriched and there will be a multifold of other valuable carryover effects of these young people in society. But we leave the last word to the pupils of Latin Primary School in County Monaghan, team's greatest fans and most perceptive critics. Um, when you're doing just like um, looking at the play or doing it yourself, you get you feel how the you don't you understand it more than you would be looking at a book trying to learn it or something like that. You don't understand it far more and be able to do it better, I think. Yeah, because in television, like, they aren't really there, but on team, they're there and you can get their autographs and everything. <laughs> to give us an idea, really, an idea. You're there and you can see everything happening. I'd say I think you're the best player from team in the world, like, for making things really happen and you don't laugh or anything in the middle of us like that. Yeah. The, like, you'd think that they were really doing it because it looks serious and everything. I'd say that I'd let that Two Houses was the best play I've ever seen and I'd like to, um, to come back and do more plays.